It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Here's Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All righty. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon on a Friday. Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon and Ken Miller for the next couple of hours to talk sports with you. Thank you for spending some of your Friday here with us. BMW of Des Moines guest list will start uh, Iowa State conversation with Dave Sprout at the bottom of the hour. Of course, Dave with KASI. Our sister station in Ames, it's where the Cyclones play in Story County. Dave Sprout at 1030. Mike Palm, VP of Operations at Circa Sports. We will head out to Las Vegas as we do each and every Friday. Get the latest on uh, sports wagering with uh, a native Iowan. Mike Palm uh, will join us 11.05 and then Tom Kekert 11.25 on Iowa before we give four of you an opportunity to win some barbecue from our friends at Claxons. Uh, again, we ask that uh, if you've played this contest within the last 30 days to sit out until your 30-day time and the penalty box has come and gone. Only allowed to play once every 30 days, whether you win or not. Uh, and hopefully we'll get some new blood in this contest here coming up at 11.45. Claxons Barbecue is the prize We'll give you four games. You give us four answers. You know the drill by now. Well, Trent Condon, we are on the cusp of playoff basketball, the final play in tonight. That goes. Um, I don't know if they'll be. Well, well let me ask you. Is, mm-hmm. Will one of them keep us on the edge of our seat? Is there, of the two games, which one has the chance to be uh, the best? Atlanta, um, New Orleans? I don't know. I don't have a great feel. Atlanta, Cleveland, rather. Right. Right. New New Orleans, L.A. Don't have a great feel for any of these teams. Just teams that I haven't seen a whole lot. Mm -hmm. Not on the periphery, certainly, of my NBA vision through the course of the year. Well, if if they don't play the D-Wolves. Or sometimes you catch the Bulls. So what about the Clippers, though? The Clippers have to be a... Are they a big favorite? Four. That's all, huh? Yeah. And I think it opened four and a half or five, so it's ticked down a little bit. Same thing with Atlanta. They're a road favorite. It was three, two Yesterday, and a half, yeah. down to two here this morning. So, yeah, there's a little bit of movement there, and people buying at least uh, the dogs in both the cases here, Cleveland and New Orleans, but just don't have a great feel. I'll have it on. I'll watch it, yeah. but hard to get overly excited about it. No, I'm it. with you. Good news, though. You can get a uh, DraftKings $10 risk-free. <laughs> okay, that's right. Today's yeah. the last day to do that. Yeah, so we went to DraftKings school yesterday, that you we and I did. did. What'd you learn? Uh they were talking more to the, the quote-unquote talent that doesn't know sports wagering quite yeah, like we do. I bailed out very quickly. <laughs> I checked in, got credit for being a good team player, yep. and uh, then started to listen. And When it started, so a favorite is dot, dot, dot. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh boy. And here comes a text this from Miller. Maybe not for, what did I say? I think I said, 
What a waste of time. Yeah. yeah. Not exactly. We're not the demographic I think they no. were catering to uh, with the conference call yesterday. But, yeah, it's still out there, and I'll be playing one tonight. Good. Yeah. Absolutely. Look, Probably they're they're good people. Together. There's a great company. They're yeah. doing very, very well. Um, and and uh, they're they're engaging their markets, which is mm-hmm. which is good to do. Anyways, I, I'm not killing them. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know what, Trent? I'd like both favorites tonight. If yeah. I, had to, I think Atlanta will beat Cleveland. I and, do, too. And I like the Clippers quite a bit over New Orleans. One uh, trend that I found very interesting with that game, speaking of a better betting angle for it, is the Clippers have been so good here lately in the first quarter of games. And you go back to, mm. of course, the game on Tuesday night, they jump out to that early lead. I think it's something like they are 9-1 ATS in first quarter numbers. First quarter number right now, Clippers minus a half. Seems like easy money, doesn't it? Well, <laughs> it never is, folks. Yeah, it, no. never, it never is. But a pretty good trend there. That's uh-huh. one that I'm going to be playing. That's yep. one that I, I heard that one yesterday, and I said, you know, that makes sense. And certainly seeing what they were on Tuesday night, mm-hmm. I'm going to jump aboard and play that trend uh, for the opener. You're not a trend guy. You're, you're not a daily no, player, I'm just not. A, I don't like to bet on individual games. You know, even football season, though, you're not, not a Super trend Bowl, guy. but that'll be about it. Yeah, but you're not trends. Nope. nope. It's about... Yeah, Watching it in a different way? I guess. I don't yeah. know. Trends, when you go back, the teams have changed. Oh, and, yeah. Like college know, trends? Right. Yeah, they've beaten this team 16 straight times. Well, those those uh, when that when that streak started, those kids are now have kids that are in school. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, I've never I've never been really big into that. You do. You follow it. I think everybody approaches wagering on sports or horses kind of different, mm-hmm. right? It's to um, you know to, to what you're comfortable with and to that extent. Anyway, so the playoffs start in the NBA this week. There, I mean. I'm into it. Yeah, I'm into the baseball right now. I can't wait for the Stanley Cup to start. It seems like it. Uh, it should have been the playoffs. I'm talking about uh, as they inch their way toward that. But so um, is it the delay because of it was Olympic year? Is that well? Why? That yes, okay. it was. It was originally to be an Olympic year for the NHL sure. players. It was still Olympic year, but the players didn't go. Yeah, they shut down the schedule in February. And they used the they used the the um, the fact that the NHL wasn't sending their players to catch up on the, all the COVID postponements. Gotcha. Because there were a bunch of them. There was no games on the schedule. Maybe like two for the entire month of February. But uh, that's the reason they are indeed behind um, the NBA and getting started. I want to ask your opinion on this? And you know, I saw the press release came from Iowa State yesterday when it had to do with the uh, uh, with moving the students. Mm-hmm. I think this is a brilliant idea and one that probably should have happened in the past when it comes to safety. Look, you're not going to keep kids, whether it's in basketball or football. You want to rush the field to get caught up in your in your school doing mm-hmm. something? Do it. Have fun. It's yep. part of the experience. It's great. It re- I, I've, I've done never it. done it's it. It's fun. Is it? I'm sh- I'll assume it is because it looks yeah. like they're having a ball out there. Um, but in the past, when that would happen after a big football game, and you know they hit the music and Neil Diamond's cranking up the song, and the the fan base is going crazy, you could see where that would potentially cause a problem, right? No doubt, the visiting team re- rush are leaving the field through the oncoming onslaught of Iowa State students making their way onto the field, and you know what's going to happen, right? You got a bunch of pissed off. Testosterone flowing, football players that just got beat. You got a fan base that wants to, you know, take out a pound of flesh, kind of troll you a little bit, or not all of them by any means, but certainly there's going to be some, you know, some loudmouths in the crowd that are you know, all tanked up. Um, and surprised that maybe there haven't been more incidents, but moving the students from the north end of the field to the south end of the field, still keeping them on the east side. 
probably should have happened a while ago. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, is it going to be that big of a difference? Probably not. I, I remember the Iowa-Michigan, the upset win with Duncan making the kick, what, five years ago now. And there was a Michigan player that pushed an Iowa fan. And mm-hmm. it was a big story right it. afterwards. Yep, I remember it. It's still going to happen, right? There's no way that you can completely wall off everybody from everybody. No, but but now the, I mean, the players leave their bench and they, they walk north. Right. You know, the students are going to, so you're, we would have to walk right through the students to get off the field in the past. But it's not going to be just students, though, that rush the field. No, it never has been. No, no, no. it's everybody. <laughs> Absolutely. So it's not just the students. It'll yeah. help. I think. Yeah, it'll help. But more than anything, you know what this is about. It's money. They're getting, worse, so? they're getting worse seats. Are they getting worse seats? I didn't see that part of it. Yeah. They're is getting worse seats. Okay. I mean, that's, we can say that it's for safety. What well, is it and I about? bought it because that's, what, that's the first thing I thought of. I thought, this is, you know, this is common sense. Yeah. It's common sense, and it's also common sense. What's it always about? Well, it's always about money. I'll take your word. I didn't see that aspect of it. Is so there's more student seats? No, no, no. Worse seats for the students. Oh, worse seats. Well, how can they be worse? Well, they're shifting a little bit more towards the end zone, and that means more seats that'll be available between the goal lines. Because if you there will. are more seats out there mm-hmm. because now the stadium is bowled in. I get your point. So that ultimately is what it's uh-huh. always about. Yeah. Again, going back to what I know, Iowa. When I was a student at Iowa, our seats, we sat at the 20-yard line. There's no sitting at the 20-yard line for the students anymore. When they moved the student section from the northeast part of the stadium inside the stands to now what's on the southeast part, but also into the end zone, Mm -hmm. much worse seats for the students. Mm -hmm. The same thing's happening here. You know what's going to happen. It makes sense. Yeah. What what can he sell? A student ticket for 15 bucks a game, or he sell it for 65 bucks a game to the general population. Mm -hmm. It's simple economics, and that ultimately is what this is all about. Yeah, uh, I, I wonder if there will be some fans, some um, non-students that were seated, seated on the south end of the of the complex, because you're closer to the uh, um, the what do they call it, the suck up club or whatever <laughs> yep. it is, the the bold in uh, part. Um, now they're far removed from that. I don't know if that. Oh, make it was difference. the first comment I saw on Twitter with the uh, the press release that was put out yesterday. Was what? It was somebody. Huh, now my seats are displaced, and they're pissed about it. Oh yeah, yeah. You can't make everybody happy. Anyway, it's never going to happen. Don't want to spend a ton of time on it, but I, I do get your point now. I never thought of that uh, angle of it. Uh, baseball from yesterday. Cubs had a nice win. Mm-hmm. Boy, Patrick Wisdom Trent. This guy was one of the uh, better stories on a bad Cubs team last year. Um, you know, there weren't a lot of positive no. stories. Everybody's leaving town. Everybody's getting traded away from the World Series winning team. And that, uh, and this was a team that was not very good. Um, but Patrick Wisdom and, and Frankie Swindell, two of the, I guess, positive stories yeah. if there were. Wisdom's batting 048 or 049. He's below. I mean, he's, he's just, he's awful. He's got one hit so far this year. Um, Small sample size that happens in June. I guess it does, but yeah. man, oh man, he just looks totally lost at the plate. Well, he was a career minor leaguer. And that's what Cappy said the other day. Yeah. Look, fellas, there's a reason why he was in the minor leagues until he was 30 years old. But when he hits them, they stay hit, but it's been a long time since he's hit one. So we'll see. Watch the uh, Brewers and the Cardinals yesterday. You know, Bob Euchre, what, what, a, um, what a slice of Americana, right? Mm-hmm. He was in the booth. What did Brian Anderson say? Either 67 or 68th opening day as a player or a broadcaster. 68 times. 68 opening days in his lifetime as a player and now as a broadcaster. He's what, 80, what, six? Yeah, eight? Price, yeah something like that. He's late 80s for crying. And he opens his mouth and he's still Bob Euchre. Must be in the front row. Oh, he's, he's really, really good. Um, Major League. 
My Money, the, yeah. ba- the best baseball movie ever. Major League was? Major League is. Field Better of Dreams. Field of Dreams. Yes. Really? Too hokey. Too weird. So Major League wasn't hokey. Who's in Major League? Well, you got uh, the, the, the drug addict. Uh, oh, Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's the pitcher. He's Wild yeah. Thing. And Susan Sarandon was in it. No, no, no. That's what's what's that one? That's Bull Durham. Oh, that's that Bull sucks. Durham. Yeah, Bull yeah. Durham's awful. Okay, I, I know I'm upsetting people by saying that. A terrible movie. It's a chick flick. It's not a baseball movie. It's a chick. Really? Flick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, I'm not, not sure good. I ever saw it. <laughs> really? You've I don't. Never... Yeah, I'm not a big movie guy. Uh, you know, got all the movie channels though. <laughs> right. Yes, I do. <laughs> God forbid you actually watch them. Yeah. <laughs> Bull, Bull Durham for me. Yeah, too much of a chick flick. Uh-huh. Not a baseball movie. Major League. It's just something. It hit at the right time for mm-hmm. me, too. I mean, age. There's swearing. There's things. It was like the first. So is that to baseball what Slapshot was to hockey? Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of fun. Goofy. Silly. I liked it all. And it was also a movie that we watched as a baseball team in high school pretty much every single mm-hmm. day. It just kind of part of our, okay. before batting practice, we'd flip that on pretty yeah. much every day and, uh, and go that route. So I love Major League. And What's the best football movie? Hmm. Is there one? People would probably say Longest Yard, the original, not the Adam Wait, with Burt Re- With Burt Reynolds? Yeah. I'm not sure I saw it. Any that... Given Sunday? No. I don't know if there is one. Blue Chips? No, that's, that's basketball. basketball. That's with Shaq and I was Nick thinking Nolte, uh, right? Varsity Blues. Yeah. That came out, uh, I think, my first year of college. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. One of the best sports movies, um, Miracle, was really, it was pretty good. Even Never seen you, it. Even though you know the outcome. Yeah. Um, and that's why I went into the theater thing. I'm like, you know, I was going to end. Right. Right. Uh, but it was pretty, it was, it was pretty damn good. All right. Uh, so let's uh, bounce around a little bit. I want to take you to the NFL because I want to get. Uh, you to do this exercise with right. me because every time I, I I try to spend some time on the AFC because I'm pretty excited about this year for the first time be. in a long time yeah. right um, as a Bronco fan I, I think there I think there's hope but when I look at this AFC overall I'm not just talking about the AFC West mm-hmm. look pull up the AFC in front of you all right the 16 teams yep eliminate five Jets one Jaguars two Texans. Three. Gets a little tougher. Steelers? No. I don't think he can. Patriots? I don't think he can. It's Belichick. Of course he can't. Raiders? No. I yeah. think they're better. So we got three cross-offs and, and 13 that have expectations. Yes. I mean, it's it's crazy. Trent. Real expectations, not no, fan expectations. No, this Real isn't. This isn't a. If everything goes well, that's what it is for every team. Sure, right? you can make that case. But when you go through, and those are the first three that jumped into my mind as well. Yep, eliminate the Jets. They have no shot. Jaguars have no shot. Um, does Lawrence take a step forward? You would expect. They got a new coach in there now. Um, it certainly can't be any worse, right? And. The Texans are the Texans. They are going to struggle mightily. But after that, you can't throw out the Raiders. No. You can't throw out the Colts. Colts got better today. Signed Stephon Gilmore. Mm-hmm. Um, Titans. Uh, Titans won. The, they were tw- Titans had the, didn't they have the Number one, one seed? seed? Yeah. No, you can't, you can't throw them out. And not with Mike Vrabel. Now let's do the NFC. Okay. Cross-offs. So you're saying there's it's just as tough in the NFC? Well, all right. So you can cross off two instantly in the in the East, can't you? No, you don't think you can take the Commanders and the Giants aren't automatic throwouts. Commanders were a playoff team two years ago. 
Yeah, but who's your quarterback? Yeah, they'll be fine. Carson Wentz. Yeah, he's good at stretches. Okay. He's awful at stretches, too. So the Giants for sure? Yes, cross them off. Okay, Lions for sure? Yep. I don't want to upset yep. you. Cross off the Bears. I okay. Um, Atlanta? Yes. Carolina? Mm, yes. Yes. Seattle? Yes. Saints? Yes. That's seven cross-offs. Right. So three cross-offs in the AFC, seven already. Yeah. We're, we're just down to nine teams. Right. That are realistic playoff teams. But the AFC, the AFC West, and everybody says it's going to be the best division of all time. Well, not everybody, but a lot of people do. Here's the thing about the AFC West. When you're, when you're going to bet futures, make sure you look at the crossover games. Oh, absolutely. The AFC West gets the Rams, the Niners, Oof. the Cardinals, and the Seahawks. They get the NFC West. So it's going to be hard enough. I mean, nobody's going to sweep the division. If you split in the West, that's three losses. Then you go out to the NFC West, and depending on what day you catch the Rams or when you get the Niners or where you catch them, is it home, is it on the road, it's going to be next to impossible. I think the AFC West winner, I wouldn't fall off my chair at all if they're an 11-win team. 11-6. and 11-6. and six. Here are the odds to win the AFC. Your betting favorite? Hang on a second. All right. The betting favorite is, it's still the Chiefs. It is not. It is. It's the Bills. It's the Bills. Yeah. They are 7-2. to two, Okay, the Chiefs got to be right behind them. 5-1. to one. Okay. The third choice. Now, here it gets a little trickier. The third choice is the, uh, wow, the third choice, the Bengals. It is the reigning champs in the AFC, okay. seven to one for Cincinnati to go back to back. Next up, team it, you love, you're enamored with them. You think they're great. I got history on my side. Uh, I think they're great. The LA Chargers. Oh yeah, they're the. I've got more money bet on them than anybody else. Plus seven fifty for the Chargers to win the AFC. The next one, it's a team you root for. Mm-hmm. Fifth choice is Denver at eight to one. The Browns at ten to one. And this is just to win the AFC. Win the AFC. Baltimore, they might be winking at me at eleven to one. Well, look, Lamar at, playing for a contract. Yeah, yeah, and and Harbaugh is a, uh, he's, he's a witch. He's mm-hmm. a really good. He's a really good football. Coach. Great organization. Mm-hmm. Well run. Mm-hmm. Know how to build a football. Team. They're eleven to one. Eleven to one. Holy mackerel! I kind of like that. Uh huh. Do the Steelers take a? Do they come back? I mean, they were a playoff team last year. Well, we had our crossoffs. The Texans. At, and Jets are both 80 to 1. The Jaguars are 50 to 1. Yeah. Is there anybody else in that category? The next lowest uh-huh. is the Steelers. At what price? 30? 35 to 35 1. 35 to 1. Raiders are 20 is to 1. Is Trubisky an upgrade over Roethlisberger last year? Last year. No. I saw Mitchell. You saw Mitchell. <laughs> well, last year we didn't. <laughs> He's. Upgrade would not be the correct term. Is he, is it a downgrade from Roethlisberger no, last year? It's no, kind of a that's push, a fair, right? Yeah, that's a fair way to put it. Okay. It's not a downgrade. Right. And there might be... Look, Roethlisberger's going to the Hall of Fame at right. some point. Yeah. But he was so limited. Yes, last so, year. Yeah. yeah. So limited. Mm-hmm. So, And will he have a better year, statistically, than what we saw from Roethlisberger? Probably. Yeah. If he's healthy, he's out mm-hmm. there 17 games. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that he will have a better season. Well, he's a threat to run the football. That helps, too. Yeah, and Big Ben never was. And they built the, they rebuilt the offensive line a little bit. And Tomlin's still there. 
Boy, that's and they're thirty-five to one. They're not winning the AFC. They're not winning the AFC. Raiders twenty to one down there. How about the Patriots at seventeen to one? I think Trent. They could finish. Where Where do you put them in the AFC East? Behind the Bills and the Fish, probably. Both I them know. and the Dolphins have the same odds to win the AFC. Both seventeen to one for the Patriots and Miami. So those are the teams. Titans are thirteen to one. Colts thirteen to one. That's everybody uh, that we go through. But you're right. There's three cross-offs. It's crazy it. that the Steelers would be the next mm-hmm. closest to a cross-off, at least according to the odds. Two of them are in the South? Yeah. You want to do the NFC. All right. Do you know who the betting favorite is? This surprised okay, me. Okay, hang on a second. The betting it's, it's the Buccaneers. It is the Bucs. Yeah. Also plus 350, as And we then saw. the Rams behind them? Packers. Packers. 9-2, plus 450 for them. Then the Rams at plus 550. You can get San Francisco. They're the fourth choice. Plus six fifty for them. What are they doing with the quarterback? Waiting for Tom Brady. I don't know how yeah, many times Brady's they got to tell Brady's going to Miami you. if he's going anywhere, and he's not going anywhere. He's not. Um, just the Niners up. are what? Out of fourth choice, plus six fifty. Okay. They did it last year with a very limited quarterback. Mm-hmm. Debo he, wants his money. Yeah, he may not be there. There's uh, the the buzz around the NFL, and you can't you can't buy any of it no. this time when it comes to the draft. Is there's going to be a lot of big name receivers that are moving on draft week or draft night? Um, That'd be fun. If, it would be. You know who I think's coming back to the uh, coming back? I was going to say to the pack that'll make it too easy. <laughs> the Green Bay Packers. They have I, to, right? I, I think that this is this is the year they have no receivers. No receivers. No offense to Alan Lazard, who we we both are really we both love his career, mm-hmm. right? Uh, good for him for sticking it out and making a living. He's gonna, I think he's gonna get paid this year. Um, but Devontae Adams is a massive blow, and the offensive line is needs to be rebuilt. Um, they can run it. They've still got Rodgers, but I think this is the year. So if indeed this is the year that there is a little regression, does that? Does that move the Vikings into favoritism in the NFC North? I can't go there still. Well, if it's, I mean, if Packers don't win it, somebody's going to. Well, they can still go ten and seven and win that division. You think that's what it takes? Do you see the Vikings win eleven games? Who's their crossovers? I don't know who the NFC North has this year. Let's see, NFL. I hope they have the NFC South. <laughs> that would help, right? Yeah. NFL crossovers twenty twenty two. All right, let's bring it up and see everybody's. Look at the regular season, click on the article, skimming through, mark your calendars. All right, for the uh, NFC North, looks like it is, everybody's got, they don't have it listed here the right way. Come on. Ooh, AFC East. Okay. Get the Jets. Dolphins, Jets helps. Yeah. But you got the Dolphins, Mm -hmm. better. Mm -hmm. You got the Patriots, they're still the Patriots, and of course, yeah, maybe the best team in the NFL in Buffalo. Well, I thought they were the best team in the NFL last year. You can probably still make that argument. Yeah, I think you probably could, man. That that twelve seconds, right? <laughs> unbelievable! What an unbelievable fit. The playoffs last year were just incredible. Look, we're still talking about them. Yeah, it, it's just, it was just amazing. All right, we're going to get into Iowa State with Dave Sproul. They've got their final uh, practice here tonight. It is open to the public. Uh, it's it's in Gilbert. Yeah, I don't know. I know that I, I saw they've got some, there's food, concessions, opportunities to see the team and as they bring spring practice to a close for the 2022 year. We'll talk to Dave Sproul next. We are going to head to Vegas at 11.05 with Mike Palm. Uh, how did you do last night betting-wise? One and two, one Another and three one? in the picks I gave up. Yeah, just... Couldn't get that footing going, though I live bet the White Sox-Mariners game as soon as the I saw that. The wind in that game, Trent, was unbelievable. The uh, pop fly to the infield, that was just 
The, he, the, the, the shortstop camped underneath it mm-hmm. and ended up dropping the ball in foul territory. It was, I mean, you could hear the circus music played. It was just, it was a comedy. The first home run of the game was just a, a shot that would have had no shot outside of that wind out there, but saw that wind blowing there, saying gusts up to 50 miles an hour. I said, oh boy, we got to go under on this one yeah. right away and uh, got a victory on that one. But yeah, just trying to find our footing right now. Tried a little mm-hmm. hockey last night. That didn't work out, though. The Wild get another win. Boy, they're good. Trent, I'm telling you, they can win it all. They can win it all. I know Colorado stands in their path in the second round because they got to get out of the Central Division, mm-hmm. and they'll, they'll win their they'll win their first round series. But if they can get past Colorado, and I think they can, I think you can. Look, Colorado's the favorite for sure, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's without the realm of possibility that it's the Minnesota Wild. If they get by them, then they get to Calgary in all likelihood. There's a chance they're going to play for the Stanley Cup. What would that do for hockey in this market? Oh, it'd be huge. I, I so you go back to Detroit, to Chicago in the mm-hmm. ten. When what were the cups? Ten, twelve, and was it every two years? It seems that way. Yeah, or in that in that time period, mm-hmm. or maybe it was maybe it was ten, twelve, and fifteen. Whatever, uh, three cups in the first part of the uh, of the teens decade. Um, Stanley Cup playoff run for the Minnesota Wild in Des Moines. Does it grow the fan base? Do, do more people watch Stanley Cup hockey because the AF the uh, American League is here? I, the AHL team. It can't hurt. I don't know if there's some kind of seismic bump that you're going to see. You know, I'm, I'm with you because, and I read about the seismic bump yesterday. Had uh, Kershaw not been taken out of the game, mm-hmm. it, it would have built the fan base. Would have would have been great for baseball. Really? Yeah. If you've never watched baseball, and you, that was the one. That was yeah. If Kershaw would have stayed in, I would have become a baseball fan. Really, no chance. There's no chance. Uh, we'll talk to Dave Sproul after this timeout. Uh, Miller and Condon underway on a Friday. It's Des Moines Sports Station 106.3. Ticks.com. Now back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Here's Ken and Trent. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back. Just past 10.30 on a Friday, it's Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. For the older demographic in the listening audience, the uh, New York Mets just unveiled a statue of Tom Terrific, Tom Seaver in front of City Field. You don't remember his career, do you? No, not no, at all. Probably not. Nope. Uh, Hall of Famer, of course, the 69 Mets. Dave, do you, do you remember Seaver? I think uh, my best memory of actually seeing him pitch was with he with, was he with the Phillies? Do I have that right? Uh, with the White Sox, Carlton. with Cincinnati uh, for a while. Yeah, but... Cincinnati. I got, the, I got the wrong team in red. I remember him pitching for Cincinnati. Yeah. Boy, he was so good. Was a young man. Yep, he was. And... Um... Won three hundred games. So I was just looking at his uh, pro uh, uh, pro baseball reference. Um, pitched twenty years, Hall of Famer. Won three hundred and something games. How much money do you make? Three million dollars. Double six. Six. Twenty years. One of the game's best pitchers <laughs> made six million dollars. Now you got guys that are. I mean, Jesus. Middle reliever making right? that much. Being born at I the think wrong Carlos time. Correa is going to make that today alone. You know, it's a great point. Yeah. It's an excellent point. <laughs> Those guys that break the bank. I mean, when I see Barrios the other day in his first start when he uh, got one out on opening night in Toronto, made half a million dollars for his one start. Every time he takes the mound, he makes a half a million dollars. Made six million. Anyways, let's get to the here and now. But the statue, and for the older folks in the listening audience, 
Um, you might appreciate that because he was something. Uh, so Dave, Iowa State brings the curtain down tonight on their uh, spring football. The practice is open to the public. It is at Gilbert. I know they've got what some uh, some stuff for the. Uh, I think there's food opportunities, concessions, etc. Um, but an, an opportunity to see the football program once more before we see them again. Well, a couple of them in Dallas for Big Twelve Media Days, and then uh, they take the field in August. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they wrap things up. I think first and foremost on my mind is going to just be who's healthy, who got through this okay. We already know about uh, Deion Silas getting hurt, and he was out uh, the last few weeks of spring and, and won't return until the fall. Uh, and We'll find out hopefully tonight if anyone else uh, got banged up and uh, if everybody else will be good to go. I think the, the idea with Silas is that he should be good to go for fall. Uh, practices are just being, I think, particularly cautious with him. And we'll make sure everybody else gets through in one piece. That'll be the best news, I think, for Iowa State coming out of the, the spring practice, if that's the case. Different kind of offense, certainly with Deckers. A more physical runner, a guy that has more durability, possibly, that can go along with it. How different do you think, ultimately, the Iowa State offense is going to look, though, with a different kind of quarterback back there here for 2022? Yeah, I think it could look pretty different. As we know, Matt Campbell and his staff, they're open to, to whatever formations and, and plays get the most out of their athletes. And I think to get the most out of Hunter Deckers, he, he's going to have to run a little bit because he doesn't have the big-time uh, weapons at receiver. and Tight end. Unproven, uh, yeah. Yeah, proven, yeah, tight end, good point. And, and unproven at running back, too. So he's going to have to be part of that running game, I think, to get some production on the ground. And I think he can do it. I think that's that's something that really stood out to me during the – you know, admittedly limited playing time he got during actual games in his first couple seasons at Iowa State. It's just the fact that he can run a little bit. Mm-hmm. He's not afraid to take on a little contact. And so I think that'll be part of the plan for sure uh, when fall rolls around for Iowa State and their play callers. Did you see Isaiah Lee's comments uh, about um, about the quarterback, about Deckers? Did you see what he said regarding the one-and-done? Um, of course, Lee leaves the program. Um, did you see that? Did you see what he said? I, I think we touched on this last week a little bit, and then it's probably we're probably ahead of ourselves. Right, uh, talking about a one and done, yeah, for sure. But what did what did he mean? I wonder. I mean, obviously I, he knows he's got talent. Was he was he trolling? What was no, I don't think it was trolling. I think he was just saying that he's this, that good. This good. Yeah, that's how and I read I it. Did, there's, yeah, there's, and there's reason to believe that Beckers can be a very good quarterback. Mm-hmm. But uh, boy, that's that's a lot to put on a guy. At the, uh, at Iowa State, much less most anywhere. I mean, outside of the, the teams that you typically consider maybe uh, uh, college football contenders, you don't see a lot of guys who go out there and get one season's worth of starts and then they're off to the NFL. Some news yesterday, Jamie Pollard, the athletic director, announcing that the student section is moving. It'll be uh, moving to basically same side of the field, just over deeper into the corner. Take away from that, student safety was a part of that, certainly for players coming off the field, moving away from what is the visitor entrance there. Your takeaway, and I got my own thoughts on it. <laughs> well, I was listening to you guys talk about that earlier, and I think I, I, I kind of agree with the overall take, because it's, it's something that makes a lot of sense to a degree that... Common kind of sense, think, well, yeah. Why, yeah, why, did, why didn't we think about this right. uh, earlier, maybe, yeah. come up with a solution? But yeah. I didn't think of it either, so I'm not going to knock anyone. It, it does make a lot of sense from a safety standpoint. And Trent, you brought up the money standpoint, and I, I, I don't think that there's going to be a you know big windfall of money out of this by charging more for folks who are in what it will be the new student sections and moving them. Because all, at the same time, uh, I saw a quote from Pollard. I think he gave to the Iowa State Daily that you know if the folks who are being displaced by this, the season ticket holders and such, that they decide they don't want to renew their ticket if they're that if they decide you know they don't want to move and they'd rather just stay home, then 
they'll get full refunds, uh, which I think also is the right thing to do by your customers. So I don't think the money aspect is a huge thing, but also, but there, there's something to that, not only from the ticket sales standpoint, but also from the, the idea that if you don't come up with a safe way for your opponent to get out the field during a, a right. you know, field rush, you're going to get fined yes. by the Big 12, and that could be a pretty significant chunk of your uh, your overall budget. Yeah, and I, I think that has a lot to do with You know what? I want to go back. I think it was Ashim Young that said it. Was it not? Yeah. That's, yeah, it was, it was Young. Um, uh, yeah, Dave, I'm, I'm totally with you. You know, the, the, the it's the safety aspect. I'm sure to Trent's point, there might be a little bit of a bump in there, but then you're, you're right, because if there would have been an call it an incident uh it's it's the team that gets fined right it's the school that gets fined uh for that so and there was an incident after the oklahoma state game this past year was there yeah pollard uh, mentioned that last fall that during the uh this the storming an oklahoma player during the field storming was arrested and kicked out of the stadium afterwards oh jeez uh, a fan that was there so there was an incident that just happened this past year yeah so uh, back to i didn't realize dave that you just said something that um that they will refund the season ticket because season tickets the the renewal deadline is come and gone correct? Yeah, I believe that is the case. So so when Pollard mentioned yeah giving refunds anyone who yep. was in those sections who right. they don't want to sit in those sections and they're if they're if they're so adamant about it that they just want to take the ball and go home he'll give them their money back. So why wouldn't they made the announcement prior to the deadline? You know, I, I'm not sure, but like like we said, it, you know, it's a it's it's a move that makes a lot of sense. It is. You should have thought of it earlier, right. but then you, while you come up with it, and then you got to implement the plan, you got to work out all the logistics, and you know maybe by the time everything was in place, they they had missed the the renewal deadline for season tickets. I don't think that many season ticket holders are going to get that. Upset. I don't either. There'll no. be a couple that are upset, or hey, we yeah. sat around the same people for years, and mm-hmm. and then you get over it, mm-hmm. and you renew your tickets, and away you go. That's usually the way that these ultimately. And I'm anxious to out. see that number, Dave. Have you seen anything on as far as a t- a season ticket renewals? What percentage of the fan base decided to re-up? Uh, I haven't seen anything on that, but I am. If it's uh, less than ninety-eight percent, I'll be I'll be kind of surprised by that. I know that uh, some of the. The thresholds for uh, Cyclone Club membership are going up, and that might make uh, make it unaffordable mm. for some people to continue with the, the level where they're at. But I, I think, you know, obviously there's a lot of passion surrounding Iowa State football, a lot of expectations even with a, a very new-look team that will be on the field in the fall. Uh, just so much excitement for, for the program that I'd be surprised if a lot of people decided to uh, give up their tickets. Spring football, no game at the end of it. It'll be the final practice tonight. They accomplish what they're shooting for, do you think? Do you think that listening to Matt Campbell, and yes, it is a lot of coach cliches that you get, but do you think he's happy the way this spring has gone? He certainly sounds pretty satisfied a couple weeks ago when they practiced up at Ames High School, So, and we'll find out more tonight. Mm-hmm. But he, he talked about after that practice about you know seeing uh, progress, seeing improvement, just going day by day, getting a little bit better, you guys learning the systems, the understanding you know how they do things a little bit better and improving their own skills. And that's the difference between, you know, the fall practices or the game week practices and, and, and practices like these in the spring where you can, you're not so much trying to sort out a depth chart, although I'm sure they kind of have one in mind or may, might have a, a whiteboard that has something of a, a depth chart to it. And we've seen first, second, third teams, you know, in, in the competitive portion of practices. So there, there is some of that. But the, the overall, you know, goal is to just get better day by day improve and see who's improved the most and see who's showing that work ethic, that dedication to improvement and showing that they can, you know, maybe earn some time on the, on the field come the fall. But this, you know, spring practice won't ultimately determine who we see 
uh, it's just one piece of the puzzle. Uh, but it's an important one in terms of just skill development and improvement for those players. I wonder how much focus they're putting into the early portion of the schedule. Remember, it was a huge talking point over the in, in the Campbell era. They have not, you know, week one has not been, um, they, they haven't taken the field, um, you know, and, and just blown somebody out, right? It's been struggles uh, in those games, and that was going to be one of the focal points going into last year. They wanted to get off to a positive start before the uh, the, the Cyhawk game. I wonder, that that was seemingly was an emphasis last year. I wonder if it, because of all the new personnel, uh, that, that maybe that's something that isn't being uh, looked at as closely as it was last year. Yeah, I don't think that's something you talk about in spring. Maybe a little bit more in the fall, but in the, the spring you're, you're focused on the other things. And it is a little baffling. I mean, Campbell has tried different approaches to, you know, the, the pre-season practices. And, you know, he felt in 2020 they went at it a little bit too hard, so he backed up a little, backed off a little bit last season. That didn't really seem to help much. They still lost to Iowa. So, and they have a, a very, you know, soft cupcake in the opening mm-hmm. week, but we've seen Iowa State, whether it was Campbell or even prior to him in games, in non-conference games early in the season, have their struggles, maybe winning by less than was anticipated against a team like Northern Iowa, who puts a good product on the field, but a team, you know, Iowa State should probably beat by double digits because they're in the Big 12. So it's not unique to Matt Campbell, certainly at Iowa State, to have some early season struggles, but I um, as competitive as he is, I'm sure it's something that probably bugs him at least a little bit. Some big news yesterday in women's basketball. Audie Crooks, a top 100 player from up in North Iowa, commits to Iowa State. Sounds like it was between the Hawkeyes and the Cyclones, and Fenley got her. Uh, tell us about that development there, and certainly a good building block for the future. Yeah, what's what's really interesting about this is that you know you rarely have a, a player of um, this kind of caliber, at least according to the recruiting rankings, uh, in your own backyard, in your home st- home state. I mean, I don't think even Ashley Jones was as, as uh, ranked as highly mm-hmm. as Audie Crooks. And you're talking about a player who's six three going into her junior season, so she could still get taller and and has you know really good footwork and a lot of <laughs> athletic ability. And so we're, you're talking about a type of player who doesn't typically play for Iowa State because those players are you so hard to come by and so rare that they ended up at really, you know, high level elite programs in Baylor, Texas, Yukon, uh, South Carolina type of, of programs. But when they're in your home state, you get a little in on that and obviously it worked out for Iowa State and company and this might be the most anticipated big for Iowa State, maybe going back to the Angie Welly days, because that's I think that's the last time really Iowa State had a truly dominant type of center. And I'm not saying Audie Crooks is going to be the second coming of that, but she certainly seems like the kind of player who has the best chance of being that kind of dominant centerpiece of your offense in, in post position uh, we've seen at Iowa State since that heyday. Hmm. Has Fenley let on at all how much longer he wants to coach? Because, man, he's been there a long time. Um, what, what, what are you hearing about along those lines? Yeah, I, I know that um, he has acknowledged he's – Certainly closer to the end of his career than he is to the start, but that's not saying much considering how long he's been around. Right. He hasn't really said anything that is, you know, a specific timeline or an idea when he wants to get out of the business. But in the last few seasons, he's he's felt, and he's talked about this pretty openly too, kind of rejuvenated and is having more fun, really just enjoying the, the process of coaching more than he had in, in the several years prior. And, and a lot of it is the recruiting classes of the last several years is, you go back to when Bridget Carlton came on campus and then Ange- and Ashley Jones and players like that are the kind of players he's really enjoying coaching and spending time with. And I, 
I think he's maybe extended his career by at least a few years because he's being enjoying being around these these players so much. And uh, he said after this this most recent season that he's never enjoyed coaching a group of players more than he has mm. that bunch. And and he's got almost all of them coming back. So I'm sure he's looking forward to next season already. And and really, he's not showing any signs of of slowing down. And if anything, I think his recruiting has gone to a higher level yeah. in the last several years. So. I think uh, I, I don't see it on the immediate horizon. Uh, we know, given his agent experience, that yeah, it's going to happen, uh, and probably fairly soon. But to put a, a number on that or a specific season on that uh, is very hard to do right now. Uh, so, so help me out if indeed I'm not trying to push him up by any means. I mean, it, it, I like when old guys get a chance to leave on their own without getting pushed. Um, but when when that day does come, Dave, is there someone on the staff now, or is there is there someone that's gone through the program? That has gotten into coaching and is and has risen up the coaching ladder uh, very quickly. That has Iowa State ties. Do you know? Well, actually, he has ties to a lot of uh, uh, coaches. Actually, head coaches now uh, in, in throughout uh, college basketball and uh, other assistants too. Um, well, the first thing that comes to mind is an obvious successor would be Billy Fenley, his son, mm-hmm. who's on staff, has been around for a while. Uh, spent some time actually uh, at Maryland uh, working for a national championship winning coach who happens to be from Cedar Rapids uh, as well. So, you know, that's the first name that comes to mind. I don't know that they have a succession plan in place. They haven't said anything publicly, certainly, about that, or if it's just going to be an automatic thing where Billy takes over for Bill or, or what even Bill wants to happen at the time he, he retires because it's probably something that's really not retirement isn't forefront on his mind right now. This look at you know Heather Azell, who uh, Iowa State fans I'm sure will remember because she was one of the toughest, most hard nosed, and, and good three point uh, shooting players that uh, that school's ever had. She just got promoted to head coach at Wyoming, and okay. uh, it's interesting to see you know uh, Robin Pinchton, uh, the coach of Missouri, if I'm not mistaken, uh, was a former friendly assistant. He's got former players who are in the coaching ranks in in various capacities throughout the country. So there are some ties to, to some intriguing coaching candidates and it also be, would be interesting to see just how much interest uh, a, a program like Iowa State would have from coaches who might not have a direct uh, connection to the program itself or even the state of Iowa uh, because it could be a very attractive destination based on what Fenley has built here in Ames. Basketball on the men's side of course transfer season upon us Grant Cal- uh, Gabe Kalsher though still has not made an official announcement now most everybody's anticipating that he's coming back any idea what the holdup is? I, I, I'm not sure. Maybe it's just a, a, in a situation where he feels like if he's coming back, he doesn't feel the need to announce it. You know, right. <laughs> you just assume he's coming sure. back until he says otherwise. Uh, and if it's any indication, I saw him and Robert Jones at the movies on Wednesday night. <laughs> okay. so, I mean, he's still in town. <laughs> Cyclone <laughs> Insider Dave Sproul was with us. <laughs> exactly. I'm just, I'm just camping out at the cinema. Uh, <laughs> you know, we all love big Hollywood movies. Uh, anyway, uh, that aside, I, I, I would pretty much count on Kalsher coming back. I think anybody who probably hasn't made an announcement by now, I would think, mm-hmm. probably won't. And, and we can kind of plan on them coming back. I, I guess I'd be surprised now that the last domino it seems to have fallen with Tristan and Aruna announcing his transfer, uh, that uh, I, I think we kind of have a good sense now of who's coming back and who isn't. Will you have video up from the practice at uh, KSI.com later on? That is the plan. Well, we're counting on you, Dave Sproud. Don't let us down. All right. Now, now, listen, before I go, yes. i got to take a look. i got a little beef with Mr. Condon here. Oh, okay. Bad-mouthing bad the best sports movie ever made in Bull Durham. 
Uh, I can't even fathom not liking that movie if you like baseball, much less sports at all. No, it's, it's, it's a fine movie. It's a fine cinematic thriller. It is not a great baseball movie. That's the it's difference. A great, it's a great baseball movie because it's one of the most realistic baseball movies because as, as Annie Savoy, the character played by Susan Sarandon uh, in the movie says, it's not just a game. It's also a job. And that's what I like about Bull Durham is that it shows kind of the day-to-day grind that the sport can be and how unfair it can be to guys who grind it out, spend time in the minors for years and years and years, and end up getting bounced back to single A because there's some hot shot rookie pitcher who needs seasoning. And also, on the other side, I heard you refer to it as chick flick, yeah. which I think is very unfair because it has it has very few of the traditional romantic comedy cliches. I, I don't know of any too many other romantic comedies where you have a main character who is female and loves baseball and really gets the game. And so it, maybe, you know, this movie coming out when I was in my adolescence created an unrealistic expectation <laughs> of, uh, of what women can be uh, in, in that terms because it, you don't see that in the movies very often. But uh, it has great baseball stuff. And the romance, I think, is believable without being cliched on that romantic comedy level. And uh, also has a lot of great lines, mostly delivered by by Kevin Costner. Uh, It's a a tremendous movie. I could watch it for days and days and days and never get tired of it. Well, we'll let you go do that then. What's the one with Tom Hanks (laughs) and and the the, the woman's team? League of Their Own. League of Their Own. That was pretty good. Also also very good. I saw that. That That's a good one. I think it's more than anything. Tim Robbins can't throw a baseball, and it just bothers me to no end. (laughs) <laughs> that that's probably what bothers me more than anything. And he was with he was married oh, to yeah. Susan Sarandon, right? A long right? time, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, anyways, Dave, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, we'll look forward to the uh, recap of uh, of spring at kasi dot com as uh, you'll be in Gilbert tonight. What time does it start? Is it five again? Officially starts at five, but that's what they said about the one at Ames, and they were already on the field. You know, at least a half hour getting at least getting warmed up and ready for it. So they'll, they'll open the gates at four o'clock up there. Don't be afraid to be early if you want to catch every minute of it. Good stuff. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you, Dave Sproul. Appreciate it. My pleasure. Good to talk to you, Dave Sproul. As we catch up on Iowa State KSI fourteen thirty on the AM dial. Get a timeout. Come back. Recap the hour. We'll go to Vegas with Mike Palm, VP of Ops at Circus Sports. He kicks off hour number two. Tom Cakert on Iowa and Claxon's Barbecue. Before we get out of here at noon, it's Des Moines Sports Station one hundred six point. Perfect pool today. Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. So we take you up until noon. Were you ever, you didn't watch a lot of Blackhawks hockey, I'm guessing, right? No. Pat Foley, 39 years, longtime voice of the Blackhawks. Uh, Saw a lot of celebration about him last yeah, night. Yeah, last night Twitter was, um, and rightly so, I mean, he is he is the voice of hockey for a lot of people. Because the Blackhawks, if there was a team mm-hmm. in Des Moines, would have been the team, right? And, I think so. And Pat Foley and Eddie Olchek was the latest. They were really good. I mean, Foley was was terrific. A good hockey announcer and um, hangs it up after 39 years. I uh, Speaking of the NHL, saw, do you know the last date, if it goes seven in the Stanley Cup Finals? When, how far does it go? Middle of June? June 30th. No way. June 30th. You're kidding. If everything gets extended all the way through... June 30th. You love that. I see I you salivating yeah. over there. I just wish my team got to participate sure. in the postseason. That's not the case this year. Your rooting interest, short of Minnesota because of the local angle, will be... Well, whoever I bet. Oh. Yeah. Canadian, then. 
I've, I've got I've got them. I got I got so much on Colorado tied up yeah. on Colorado. Uh, you just been adding to it. Carolina all Carolina Hurricanes. I've got a bunch on them. Yeah, I've got a bunch of futures. I've got a futures problem, Trent. I really do. I can't stay away from it. One eight hundred bets off. Well, unlike you, I mean, I I just I don't bet games, right? I don't bet single individual games. So you lose your money over the course of the year. Correct. I lose mine on a daily basis. Right. I get a run for my money. I do too. I got something every night. And then the next night, and the night after that. We will be back with the next hour of the program following these messages. Speaking of gambling on sports, Mike Pond from Circa Sports kicks off hour number two. Miller and Condon, 106.3 KX.